Hello and welcome to the DFS underscore PhD show for today, the ninth of Saturday, the finals of the in-season tournament, which has been pretty fun. Remember, you're good enough, you're strong enough, and gosh darn it, someone's got to win that money. Might as well be us. And yesterday, yeah, it was us. Because if you watch this show at all, what was I yelling about all day long? There's only one thing. There's only one guy I said with core all day long. Uh, loved him. Very first name on the whole thing, Capella, Zubots, and Pirtle. Capella and B Zubots were part of how I smashed. You couldn't play all three together. All three were fine. Pirtle had a terrible game, got minutes, and just didn't, was not assertive. But anyway, the other two guys completely smashed it. I was 60% Zubots. The problem was I was also 60% Cole Anthony. You got to listen to when I'm talking myself into a play and when it's not really working, like... What was the upside there? I mean, he's going to play 32 minutes. I mean, he, he wasn't starting. There was no, like, gets extended over Anthony Black upside, even with Suggs out. So you got to be careful with your, you know, how things are going. And, uh, yeah, we had a fun sweat. But in the end, uh, that's all. No no big no big money last night. Um, yeah. So today, uh, yeah, if there's one slate that I'm qualified to talk about, it's these kinds of showdown slates where I've had my most success overall. And where all this forking talk, all these like A or B going off scenarios, it's where it works. It's like, I mean, like I was looking at the rules and it always makes me happy to use the actual rule that won me $100,000. So it's it's just a geometric mean of ownership of 22. That's what I used that game. And if it had exactly worked, right, I mean, no more than 12 dupes was the goal. I won with 13 dupes. So you know, you don't really care that much about the exact borderline. It's just to eliminate the bad cases, the ones where there's way, 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 way too many dupes. Besides that, did I make way too many rules for today? You bet. We got Bruce Brown, Brown foul trouble. Who benefits? Well, if you looked up the rotations in the last game, you would know. Andrew Nemhard benefits. So no more than one of Bruce Brown or Nemhard and utility or captain. Because uh, I'm also going to raise both of their projections over here. Healed or Matherin flows. Now, it's been healed a lot, but we've seen healed shoot bad, right? We, we've all seen it. You, you know what happens. He gets benched. If he shoots bad and Matherin shoots good, probably 25% of the cases, Matherin is going to be closing over him. Uh, Toppin or Neesmith closing. This is something where, like, since Toppin's not playing the backup five against AD or, you know, against the Lakers, he's only going to close if he's playing better than Neesmith. So one or the other of them is going to close. And it's probably open. But either way, you got to give the minutes to both of them and then decide in the rule. And there's no way, to me, I don't see those two guys hitting their maxes together, these two guys hitting their maxes together, or Bruce and Nemhard hitting maxes together. D'Lo and Reeves is another easy, easy split. Miles and Isaiah Jackson. I told you guys it was going to be Isaiah Jackson. Everybody's like, oh, maybe it'll be, it's probably going to be small ball OP Toppin. Against freaking a huge front court, no, it's not going to be small ball Obi Toppin. Like, as somebody who's like about as big as he is, you can't stop these bigger guys. It's just not possible. That's why we shoot in threes in the corner. You know, like that's that's where our advantage is. It's not. I mean, he can block these guys too. I, you know, he's a better defender than I am as a small ball five. Nonetheless, he can't small ball five. Andrew Anthony Davis. Andrew Davis. Jesus. Okay, but yeah, so uh, max two LA wings. This is the same rule from before. Max two of Rui, Cam Reddish, Jared Vanderbilt, or Torian Prince. If somebody's telling you they're confident which two of those close tomorrow, uh, they're making it up. They are not confident. It's going to be, I, 
Darvin Ham isn't confident. Whoever he doesn't know, nobody knows who's going to close that game. Like it's going to be a gut feeling thing. Who knows what this kid is doing with this rotation? It's going to be yeah, gut. I mean, like I'm telling you guys, going through gut every day and I'm making fun of Darvin Ham for doing it. He's doing the same thing we are, right? Like he's doing the best he can with the information he has at his disposal. All right, AD foul trouble. This is another one. Huge advantage. Huge advantage to knowing they're going to Jackson Hayes. I put Christian Wood in here just in case, but it's Jackson Hayes. It's been Jackson Hayes. It's going to be Jackson Hayes against Miles uh, Turner for absolute sure. And so here, here's where our, we have the biggest differences with native Saberson projections. Isaiah Jackson, four in Saberson. I say 14. If, if Miles Turner gets in foul trouble, you're going to see a lot of Isaiah Jackson, and he's going to smash. Jackson Hayes projection for six. I think double that because if he plays, he's going to play a lot because they're forced into it. He's not going to play very much naturally. And he's a good point per minute guy. So I think if you give any of those guys and Nemhart is the last guy who didn't play a lot last game, hasn't played a lot in the playoffs, but there is a route to him playing more and it's foul trouble for other guys. Maybe all of a sudden the, 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 um, the refs get really tight in the last game or whatever. Jared Vanderbilt, another guy, hasn't been in the rotation much, but he's working his way back, right? Like, he he is working his way back from an injury. We've got um, – so who knows what this rotation is going to be like. He's not as good of a point-per-minute guy. That's why I put him a, a stage below these other uh, guys who can shoot a little bit better, make a little bit of like – like Rui just has upside as a basketball player. He, he could close just – he's good. And so – you know, the problem is he doesn't look like he's really playing through that mask that well. So I couldn't put him at like 24, 28 Nesmith level. He he is, a, he should be up here with these guys, Reeves, D'Lo, Nesmith, definitely at least Cam Reddish level, but, but Reddish is going to get minutes. I think he's going to get like 30 and Rui's not looking that great yet. Like it kind of looks like when he goes up for a rebound with the mask on, he's not seeing through it that well. I don't know. Maybe that's just me overreading it, but twice at least just last game. I saw him jump past a rebound and miss it. So I, I'm a little worried about how well he can see. Okay, so up at the top, why have I started at the bottom? It's like the opposite of what anybody ever does. So the people at the top, because I have huge hot take up here too, right? Like, don't play LeBron. That's the hot take. If LeBron's going to be both overprojected and higher owned than Anthony Davis and Tyrese Halliburton, then he play the other guys, right? It's just like the easiest way to get different ever. Because Tyrese Halliburton is better than LeBron, like not to be rude about it and not that he's a better overall talent in his career. Obviously, LeBron has had the better career. But at this stage, if you're projecting LeBron James for more points than Tyrese Halliburton tonight, you're not you're not watching basketball very much. You don't know basketball. You don't know. I mean, what what's the minutes? That's the only way you could get there is projecting for LeBron to play. Yeah, LeBron to play like two more minutes than Tyrese Halliburton. And this is a big game. I'm just not going to project. I mean, I think you should project all of these guys to play 40 minutes. So let me just do that. Let's project them all to play 40 minutes. And if you have Halliburton playing 40 minutes, he's going to score more than LeBron in 40 minutes. But I should, I mean, we need to tighten up the rotation. That's the other thing we need to do besides these cute things at the bottom. Where do those guys play? We need to see what's it like if Miles Turner plays 40 minutes, right? Because that's not going to be this projection yet. 31 minutes. That's what this projection is. So if he plays 40 minutes, we're talking 15 more, right? 40 minutes, uh, a third of this more. So a third of 42 is what, 13? 14. So 14 plus 42, what? I mean, like, you just don't know what to project for Miles Turner today. He's almost Anthony Davis level. He's really close if he gets the full, like, if, if they really do match him up minute for minute with Anthony Davis and he stays out there, what's the upside 
on Miles Turner. It's the the moon. So Miles Turner moon. I mean, I think it's 50-50 if he can get to that moon stage, but he knows what it takes today. He knows he has to sit back and, and rock it, you know? I like that Miles Turner play. Okay, let's keep on going with these minutes now that I've seen how ridiculous these projections are. Yeah, so we've already, I think we've handled Heald and Matherin. Are these their actual ceilings? Yeah, I think so. I don't, even with the, because they're all shooting based. Like they're not going to do a ton of peripherals and they're not, either way, they're fighting for minutes, right? These guys, the difference with Halliburton and James and Anthony Davis and Miles Turner, at least with Jalen Smith out, they're not fighting for minutes. Those are the guys you want out there for sure. And so like, since this is a game where like, they're all playing for money. By the way, oh yeah, the, the core thing I did, I think Indiana is more motivated than, than the Lakers are to win this game. So the core thing I did was I said Indiana scores more points. Um, I think it's going to be a faster game than it's projected. So rather than move the line or like do something where I switch their their positions with respect to the line, I just reversed the line and gave Indiana all the points. So instead, like I moved them around the implied team total of the Lakers. Just to understand what I did in case you have a different lean there. Um, but that's how we started. And then I just like, I couldn't have LeBron at 60 and Anthony Davis at 50. Cause like, what, what are we doing? Like Anthony Davis has, has had a few bad games. He's in foul trouble or something. I mean, like this is just not appropriate again, like just because at this stage in his career, Anthony Davis, I mean, we it's gotta be a minute's thing. Cause AD is just better. Yeah. So AD for 38, LeBron for 40. You shouldn't do that in this game. You shouldn't say Sim is being too cute. I mean, that's how they're handling foul trouble. We're handling foul trouble differently than this. And I think you should handle foul trouble differently than this. Okay. So at the end of all that uh, finagling, I think these are roughly your captains that you can consider. Halliburton, Davis, James, uh, Miles Turner, Buddy, Heald, Matherin, Nesmith, Reddish, Nemhart. If you want to get real cute, you could play some Vanderbilt, Jackson Hayes. Um Aye, aye, aye. Jackson Hayes at 0.4%. <clears throat> That's tough to avoid. He's very he's almost mint price. So I mean, if he gets the if he gets the minutes in this game somehow, and there's a how. The how is Anthony Davis foul trouble. If Anthony Davis gets in foul trouble, and I mean you've been seeing the way they're treating Christian Wood like a pariah, he's not going to come in the game. It's been I mean, he could. They could completely screw with us and be like, oh yeah, we think Christian Wood will dominate. Miles Turner, ridiculous. The only person who has a chance against Miles Turner, assuming that Miles Turner is in rear form and fouling out Anthony Davis, is Jackson Hayes. So anyway, <clears throat> the odds that are much higher than 0.4% that that happens. He has to be in the player pool because if he does, I mean, you can just you can smash in all the other guys, right? If he if he gets there, one, two, three, four other guys, and then your your pick of the shooting guards, right? So if what's his name it gets there, it could be. Uh, if uh, Jackson Hayes gets there, he could be opening up the winning lineup. Same thing with Nemhard at zero ownership. We know it's not 0% chance Nemhard like starts going off and Bruce Brown is having a trash one or whatever and he closes. So, you know, it, it could happen with Heald too. You could see Nemhard doing it for Heald if uh, Matherin is also stinking it up. So anyway, I think there's a lot of ways for Nemhard to get there. And the fact that he hasn't gotten there recently doesn't matter to me at all. I'm happy to write off 50% of my money this on this particular game on the Aussie. I, I just double checking. It's only 50, but that's about where I think it is for Nemhard. Like that's a legit play today. Like it, I don't, people are stupid in the playoffs when people are just like looking at one game and 
Oh, the last game McConnell smashed. Yeah. Okay. Yes. McConnell smashed the last game. Does that mean McConnell's going to smash this game? No, it does not. You should not play McConnell this game. I mean, he could still smash again, but he's, I mean, also 5%. Okay. Well, I assumed he would. That happened, right? <laughs> Let me double check. I just assumed people would chase that a little bit because he just had a smash game with three steals and like 11 point or nine points in 11 minutes. Yeah. So I, these ownerships are questionable to me. I think people are going to chase a little bit on on um, McConnell. But who knows? I think, yeah, this is definitely how you want to uh, attack the slate with a whole lot of... So who are my optimal... Or my optimal? By the way, speaking of, you saw that was geometric mean of ownership less than 22. So these are the only lineups I would consider. But you could consider a wider range if you want to. But yeah, Miles Turner captain, Tyrese Halliburton captain. Tell me that surprises you. Matherin captain, healed captain, guys who could go off. Anthony Davis, captain, a, a smattering of LeBron, even with, you saw I lowered his projection. He still could be a, a captain, right? So, oh, and then I wanted to point out, I do want you to always, because uh, Saberson will not consider zeros. You have to put in someone who you think is like the highest point per minute bench guy in case the game blows out or whatever. So I put in Oscar Tshebe. If he's going to play, I should probably double check that he's on the roster. Tshebe, uh, roster. Uh, it doesn't say if he is on the roster. Okay, it says like he it seems like he's on the roster. So you know, but confirming he's on the roster. But play somebody, have a min price guy who you project for point one or something. Like Hood Shafino is down here, I think. Yeah, so you could do Hood Shafino. He's a good option as well. But my point being, you want to see how often that's coming up in your pool because that's how often taking a zero is possible. Uh, or, or like optimal. So it looks like about a 5% chance of taking a zero. I bring this up two rounds ago, not last round, but in the quarterfinals, I think it was, taking, taking a zero in the primetime showdown won somebody $50,000. So you do not, you know, just like it's important that you do forking, don't miss the zero guy. Like today, even with Jackson Hayes, right? This is 11% Jackson Hayes, who's almost a zero. He's like uh, 1800, right? Even with that kind of value, taking a zero is in play and make sure to consider it. So anyway, taking a zero is in play. Make sure not, not just that you're considering it, but that Saberson is considering it so that you have some guy who is min price, who is projected for a non-zero number. That's important to add for slates like this. Don't do it. Don't do it on a bigger slate where there's any kind of value. This is just when you want, I mean, I guess you can always see, like add it to the pool and see if it gets chosen, Right. What, what's the harm? Well, the harm is it's taking away real lineups, right? I mean, this is only a real possibility in these playoff situations where people are just jamming and jamming and jamming minutes. And I do think, I mean, I think that LeBron cares about this. I don't know why. I don't really get that at all. It's $500,000 to a man who LeBron James net worth. I know that he doesn't think like this, but $1 billion. So, I mean, 500000 divided by $1 billion. It's going to be very small. So I would think LeBron would be about 0.05% odds, like incentivized to win this game. And I would think, let's see what's uh, what's even the richest player on this team, Halliburton uh, net worth. He is worth $5 million. It is one one hundredth of his net worth right now to win this game. One one hundredth. It's 1%. He has 20 times the motivation as, as monetary motivation as LeBron to win this game. So 
20 times the motivation and people are going to project LeBron to be the highest scoring player on the slate. Get out of here. It's going to be a coming out party for this fellow. I guess I should probably put him on the picture, huh? Tyrese Halliburton's day. That's how, I mean, I don't, obviously people who are worth that much get up for things differently. We saw the whole Jordan documentary thing and I took that personally and all that stuff, but like, I, I, how, how can you think that Anthony Davis and LeBron, who are all super, super millionaires, are going to play harder than freaking, I mean, look at this. Like, the guys who are so important to this game are like Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. What's Buddy Heald's net worth? I mean, actually, he's older. Uh, so let me ask Miles Turner. I mean, these guys are all going to be worth more because they've been in the league longer. So Halliburton was the best point, probably. Yeah, I, I, I can do math, so I, my point's not getting better unless I talk about like Matherin or Nesmith or whatever. But yeah, and I mean the bench guys, right? Like we did the somebody online was talking about the the two way players, dude. Have you done the math on the two way players? Like two, so like two way contracts, like in the NBA, um, NBA, they the uh, oh, uh yeah, so they could earn up to five hundred thousand, but that's if they play the whole season. If they play the minimum, it's like eighty thousand. So either it's doubling their salary, but that's for the guys who are two-way players who are on the team the whole year, which I don't think you can do even. I think you have to be converted, whatever it is. So anyway, I, I've gotten into contract talk that I don't actually know about. But my point is these guys are, have a possible doubling of their salary on the line. So watch the benches for the Pacers uh, today. It's going to be awesome. I'm, I'm cheering for the Pacers. Like I live in LA. I kind of like the Lakers a little bit right now. But for this event where like so much is on the line for – like Isaiah Jackson, I mean, who who are the actual two-way guys? I think Isaiah Jackson has a contract, but I'll cheer for freaking Kendall Brown and Jairus Walker and like Jordan Nawara and, uh, you know, Isaiah Wong. Because like on, on the Lakers, who is it? Like, I don't know, Colin Castleton that I could cheer for to get that money. Could Shafina is like a first round or two or like he, he's a draft pick he's gonna get money eventually anyway so i'm more happy cheering for these pacers guys to win all that money and also for you guys i mean it's a hundred thousand dollars on the line for us today as well so you know that's one fifth of what the actual players have on the line so let's uh let's remember we're good enough sorry uh how's it go uh just remember you're good enough you're strong enough and gosh darn it someone's gotta win that money might as well be yes